All right, seven minutes. Here's something for you, something so profound. Uh, in Luke ch- chapter 4, verse 18, just helping some people who are new to this, a lot of Christians are stumbling around, not living their best life. We sing a song called, Your Best Life. A lot of Christians just live and that's just the wrong melody, sorry. That, uh, sorry, guys. The, the worship team really is good. It's nothing like it. Um, one, of, one of the key... Sorry, that was a bad advertise. I said I'd advertise for the choir. And it didn't work. Um, one of the key things in being saved... Uh, okay, saved. I, I, I always like to speak to people who are new to church, maybe not saved. Uh, I, I just don't like uh, just trying to you know, speak Christian language. So, you know, w- when we do church, we, we're trying to be seeker sensitive, but we're not, we're not denying the power therein. You know, the Bible says there's a form of godliness, but denying the power therein. Who, who knows that one? You know, you can do all the Christian stuff, but there's no power in it. Well, we like, we like the engine room to have power. Like, we've got an engine room of prayer, of sincere people, committed people, volunteers. And this is what we're sharing with you tonight is the engine room of the church. How does this happen? How did you see... We've heard a lot about... People, we get this often. We've heard a lot about you because we used to put before crossroads. We've heard a lot about you crossroadians and your passion for God. And uh, we thought your demise years ago, but you're still here. And my God, look at you guys. You're growing and increasing because you've been faithful with little. You've been faithful with little and God's beginning to give you so much more, so much more. Let's have a look at this scripture very quickly to help some people. Seven minutes, all right? Um, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Is that behind me? The Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus reading this, and he says, right now I'm declaring this to be proactive right now. Jesus goes into the synagogue. He reads the scripture, out, which is from Isaiah, and he says, as from this day, this is true. This is happening. So let's have a look at it. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. That's, that's where I just want to highlight that, underline that, and I want to get back to that. But I'll read on. To release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor is the cancellation of debt. When you're saved... Your sins are removed from you as far as the east is from the west. I should have went that way. As far as the east is from the west. And so um, there's a cancellation of debt, but the key thing here is opening blind eyes. Now let's go to uh, a scripture. I'm crunching some stuff here. So Jesus, you said you'd open blind eyes. No, I'm not talking about physical eyes. I'm talking about, I believe the scripture is more so talking about spiritual eyes, that people's spiritual eyes would be open to see what's happening on the globe. That there is a cosmic fight between Satan and God, that, 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 that mankind, society, is languishing in a corrupt society. Is with me. And, and, and there's a fight on. There's a war over people's hearts. There's a war over kids' hearts, over youth's hearts. There's a major war. It's in the heavenlies. The Bible says it's in the second heaven. There's a war over, the, over your life. For you to go this way or that way, for you to, for you to go God's way or now, the Bible says that there's coming an anointing. That means this strong persuasion of God's Spirit, concentrated form, coming upon people 
and shaken them, transforming them into salvation, but opening their spiritual eyes to see the dilemma that is at hand. Now, the dilemma is there's darkness and light. Once your eyes are opened as a Christian, you can actually see the world really for what, for what it is. It's, it's not in a good way, but there's a lot of good stuff happening, but there's bad stuff happening too. Who can say amen to that? Now, when your eyes are open, the Bible says, Habakkuk 2.2, can I have Habakkuk 2.2? I can't be too long, I've got to finish up. When, you, when your eyes are opened as a Christian, now this is where people stop short. This is where people stop short. Now let's go to Proverbs 28 verse 18. Let's do that one. Proverbs 28 verse 18. Crunching it, crunching it down. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 verse 18, this is where a lot of Christians struggle and where people just live loosely, do their own thing. They got incredibly safe. Man, man, but, but the story in the Bible and the stories in the Bible, the great men of God, Abraham, uh, Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, David, and then Paul, all had a Mack truck experience with God. When they had that experience, when they had that encounter with God, hey buddy, how are you? So you do come to church. When you, when you had that encounter with God, now, this is the trust factor. Now hang on, okay, I'm crunching stuff here. Moses had a, had a personal, he had a personal revelation, uh, a personal vision, because that's why he killed the Hebrew. Do you know what I mean? That's why he killed. He said, I know I'm a justice, I'm a freedom fighter. I'm not taking that. I'm taking this guy out, picking on one of my people. I could imagine Luke doing that. You picking on one of my people. And, and, and he went, oh, hang on, I took it a bit too far. I took it a bit too far. Actually, I've got to get out of here. And so Moses hit the, hit the, hit the back paddocks of life. He's strung out on the back mountains of life. And, and at 80 years of age, he has a burning bush experience. And God appears to him, to Moses. And God says to him, I've seen my people suffering. What's that got to do with me? Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to go to him with, with heart, with passion, with my anointing. I want you to go and tell him to set my people free. Who feels a bit like that for the Central Coast? If you could go to someone tomorrow and make an appointment with them and you could loose everyone out of the hospitals, loose, loose everyone out of mental illness, loose everyone out of drug addiction, loose everyone out of the grip of a devil that wants to destroy them, would you go, would you knock on the door and say, excuse me, hello? And, you know, if you had an encounter with God, you'd be able to do this. Hello? My God, I went to see through Tugger, I had an incredible encounter with God. And he says, let my people go. Let my people go. Man, that's what happened to Julie and I. Now, Moses had a personal vision, but now he's got the corporate vision for a whole nation. See, personal vision is one thing, but the corporate vision is another. And now Moses turns and went, my God, how can I do this? I'm stuttering, I'm not quite confident, they're after me. Guess what? Moses mans up and he goes with the anointing, with the supernatural, and he gets the job done. Who's in, who's in for that? Who feels like a bit of that in the time they live? Come on. So Jesus said, when you're saved, your eyes will be opened 
to this major rescue plan that's on the planet right now to rescue people out of darkness into light. It's called vision. God's a visionary. He saw the world before it was created. He saw the rivers. He saw the fish. He saw the people. He's a visionary. He gives the church vision. And the Bible says in Proverbs 20, I'm nearly done, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there is no revelation, where God is not speaking, where people have not heard for themselves or seen for themselves what God is trying to do, this is what happens. The people cast off restraint. Uh, another version. People dwell carelessly in church, on planet Earth. They just amber along. Might even come to church and amber in, amber out. Another version says they perish. A lot of people dying inside. No purpose. They get up Monday morning, they go, oh, same job, same week bits. Same mum, same dad. Same job, same car. And they, they're dying inside. They're your friends and mine. But God says when he opens your eyes to the vision at hand to redeem lost society, it's then when the light... I've got to get the scripture. Go to the scripture. This is Matthew 6.22. Matthew 6.22. Can you give me that? The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, and if you see vision, and if you see God working around you, and if you see God trying to build the church and raise a, a fantastic SG youth group, the Bible says if your eyes are open to God wanting to heal people, bless people, save people, the Bible says if your eyes are open and it lets in the light of God, it comes into the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. And in Isaiah, it says, in the last days, the nations and the people will come to the light of God. That means the light and the glory in your life. Doesn't, doesn't say it's come to our theology or our fantastic preaching or our colorful lights. It says it comes to your light. And there's people that shine, Andrew. I've, I've sat under ministry of Tommy Teeny in particular, shone like Jesus. I've never seen anyone shine like that. Rodney Howard Brown, the anointing, I've never known it. Such an anointing on a man of God, Rodney Howard Brown. Others, others, others that shine. People are coming to your, to your life. Here it is. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, if you don't see the vision of the church, that Jesus is trying to... Now, the major vision that Jesus is saying to, to us right now on planet Earth is build my church. Build my church. That's the vision that God's downloading to young people especially. And young people are flocking into this type of church worldwide and they're saying, count me in. I can see the vision. I'm in. Uh, what do you need? Yeah, I can play. Hello, cello. Hey, what, do you want, hey, what do you want me to do? Man, there's computers back here. We've got 3,700 computers that need manning. We need a Facebook. Who can run Facebook? I need a Facebook operator. I need someone who can run Facebook and take photos of the services and promote God through Facebook rather than promote all the nonsense that goes through there. I love Facebook, by the way, but why don't we promote God? I just put my, my grandchild on there tonight. But if your eyes are bad, 
your whole body will be full of darkness. That meaning if you don't see the rescue plan of God, if you don't see Jesus trying to help people, and if you don't see Jesus that he wants to build this church, your body caves in and your body becomes darkened. You don't shine for Jesus. And then you're in a troublesome area. You're in a, in a place, a quandary. And this is why you need vision. This is why you need vision. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks. Vision gives us direction, focus, and stability. It is energizing. It's a motivating force in our life. You like that? The vision helps you follow God's plan, much like the guide rails, on a, without an overriding sense of purpose and mission in life. What's worth living for? People are literally dying on the inside because they have no vision in their lives. Deep within all of us is the desire to make our lives and what we do with it count. 250 souls. I came out of 209, man, well pleased, knowing that our time, our talent, our treasure, our commitment allowed for a great transaction of souls. Can we put the last thing I want to do is this is our vision. And this is how we built the church by vision. You do well to get your vision for your personal life, but this is corporate vision, and it will change your life if you grab vision. I'd love to teach more on that. Okay, here it is. This year we have vision. Now, the theme, and we always have themes, last year was uh, faithfulness equals fruitfulness. So it's one thing coming to church, and, and you know, but really the Bible says a lot about fruitfulness, that we really should have fruit in our life. What are we doing with this life? So this year we've, we've, we've come to an understanding, Julie and I, through prayer, that this year our theme would be spirit power. Can you see that? The jury sees power when the Holy Spirit comes in. A lot of people struggling again, coming to church, reading their Bibles, even giving to God, serving the church, volunteering for the church because they have no power. They don't have no engine room. They have no enthusiasm, no anointing. They just don't get it. They just, well, why serve something anyway? I can understand that. I'm not going to put my hand up for something I have no power to do or no grace to do. You know what I'm saying? So the goals of 2010 uh, are 275 souls. You can believe that with us, 275. Last year's figure, 250, was, it was amazing. But 275 this year, I think we can do it. The goal is for this year, steady church growth towards membership, build and grow personally into the church by the word and spirit. So there's people that visit the church and there's people that are the church. There's people that visit the church and there's people that become the church. There's people here that are C3 Tugra, army of believers that make the vision, serve the house. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, build and grow. Yes, equip the church facilities. We need, who knows, we need a bigger projector. Air conditioning. What's going to be first, the projector or the air conditioning? Put your hands up. Air conditioning. Well, there's a coffee machine to come too. I mean, there's a big, big, big coffee machine. There's a driveway to be built, but continue to, to greater influence. <laughs> equip the church facilities for greater influence. Better sound. This sound system is totally temporary. It's not the, the sound system we need is about $150,000. Anyone got that sort of money? Okay. Uh, continue to large, continue in large and small outreach events. This year we're going to do the carols. We need manpower to do the carols. We're going to have two, three thousand people on this site around December time. We're going to do the Wyom carols. The community's been asking us. The Chamber of Commerce has been asking us. Council's been asking us. We're going to have a huge hoedown. Big stage, seven ton of steel. We're going to put it up. 
and we're going to invite talent, and, and we're just going to we, we do it big. So financial increase of tithes and offerings, please believe with us that the tithes and offerings in the building fund, please, those people that are aspiring to the building fund, the envelopes are at the back, the tithes and offerings, if you are committed to this house. See, if I am, if I am asking you to commit to this church and saying to you that you are a resource and that you're, you're, you're valuable, that your money is valuable, your time is valuable, your talent is valuable, we must put that to work through a vision. Does that make sense? Spirit empower the church for greater effectiveness. I think we might leave it there because, Lord, we need your church to be empowered. We need the church to be... Luke, uh, uh, Andrew, you need that youth group empowered. I know you've got a two-day conference on the land prepared for June, July, and we're praying that, that a lot of young people would come and, in, and encounter God and be empowered with God. Let's all stand. God bless you. Let's all stand.